0: everyone, welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the 3 b 4 Next Sunday, September 17th, is our Community Day Picnic at 1230 at the Bear Campus. There will be food all provided by the church, games, and an opportunity to fellowship together. For our Ellesmere Campus family, we will be providing transportation for those who need it. You can sign up for that by contacting the Ellesmere campus office at 302 998 4584. You don't need to bring anything, just plan to join us and bring your family and invite your friends. We're asking for help in a couple of areas. If you can help with setup, serving, or cleanup, please send an email to lpoindexter at church. The Women's Life Group seeing beautiful again is starting its fall session on wednesday september 13th at 7 p.m in room 107 at the bear campus and will be facilitated by debbie jenkins this group will pick up where they left off in lisa turk Hertz's book to help find redemption in every part of your story and help you see that god is always doing more than you're aware of even if you missed the spring session you can still join to learn more, visit ctcde.church/lifegroups. Our church has had an ongoing ministry to provide diapers, pull-ups, and baby wipes to those in our community who need those. In addition to that, we are now partnering with a Door of Hope to help them minister to families with diapers and wipes. Here's where we need your help. Our inventory of diapers and wipes is very low, and we need all sizes of diapers, pull-ups, and wipes. You can drop off your donation to either campus during office hours or service times. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. As we worship together today... Our prayer is that you'll be feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Are You'd rather not be standing in the parking lot right now. Is it still raining outside? Welcome to those of you who are watching us online, who are worshiping online. God bless you. Can we stand together this morning? We worship God and we love God because He first loved us. And He loves us because love is what He is and not just what He does. So God, we thank you today for your love. We sing about it. We celebrate it. And we love you. We want to show you today. Those walls that we called sin and shame They were like prisons that we couldn't escape But he came and he died and he rose Those walls are rubble now
2: Remember those giants we called death. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But He came, and He died, and He rose. Those giants are dead now. Oh, and this is our God. you yeah.
1: We celebrate you. We thank you. Come on and give the Lord praise this morning. Lord, we are grateful to you for who you are. We are grateful to you that you love us in spite of who we are, in spite of what we've done, in spite of where we've been. But God, you still welcome us. You still love us. As dearly loved children, that's how we approach you today, God. And so, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in our midst. Move among us today, God. Speak to our hearts as we worship you, as we listen to your word, as we fellowship together, that we might be different when we leave this place today. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen and amen. Well, thank you. You may be seated. Well, again, good morning. Thanks for being here today. We want to welcome you. If you're new today, if you've never been here or you've only been here a few times, we want to extend a special welcome to you today. Uh, A few things you can do for us. First of all, uh, there's a a Connect card right at your seat. If you could just fill that out and give us some basic information so we can thank you for your visit and get some information about our church to you. When you leave the room this morning on the left-hand side of the mall, there's our Connect Central. We encourage you to stop by there and uh, pick up a gift that we have for you. You can meet some folks from the church, find out about the things we have going on here. If you're online and you're new, there are a couple of ways you can respond. There's an I'm new here button in the upper right-hand corner, or you can click the I'm new here button that just most likely popped up in the chat right now. So just give us that information, and uh, we will promise not to misuse that, but we just want to thank you again for being able to be here and, and sharing some fellowship and sharing worship with you today. Uh, For those of you that are regular attenders, your Connect card, you know the drill. Uh, We encourage you to fill that out every time you worship with us, along with whoever's worshiping with you, uh, just because we miss you when you're not here, and so we want to be able to keep in contact with you. You can communicate prayer requests or praise reports uh, or anything like that that you want to communicate to us on that Connect card, and you can drop it in. There's baskets behind the camera positions, and there's also one... Uh, on your way out the door in the lobby uh, in the mall, actually, is what we call it around here. So you can drop that uh, in the basket as you're leaving. All right. Can we do that? You guys awake today? It's a little rainy. I am not fully awake, but, you know, maybe you guys can help us. So Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Wonderful
3: to see all of you here, and I echo what Bill has Bill's greeting that he's given to you, and all of the instructions that he gave for ways that we stay connected together at Christ the Cornerstone as we love, as we serve, and as we engage. And I say those every week. I say those three words, but they're they're three words. I hope that that give you some some steps to follow as you're following Jesus Christ. He calls us to love God with our whole heart, our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. It takes our whole commitment, our, our, our decision of our whole being to do that. He calls us to follow Him, to serve Him, to use the gifts and the abilities, the talents that He has given to us, whatever age we are, to use them for the sake of Jesus Christ and for others in order that we may engage the world with a good message of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here, to love, serve, and engage. Speaking of engaging, next week we've got a great opportunity. I hope you're all planning to, to be here for the Community Day picnic. It's a great time to, to just come together. Hopefully we'll have about 400 people under tents over there. The rain is coming this weekend, so next weekend's going to be a beautiful 72 degrees outside with a nice gentle breeze coming across as you have some chicken and some hamburgers and some hot dogs and all the things that go along with all of that. So bring some friends. I want you to take these cards. We printed these cards for this for, for this uh, event. And uh, after the event, these cards are useless. So... Today, take these cards off the table, off the chair, and uh, carry them around with you this week so that you can invite somebody and say, Hey, here's something we're, going, we're doing this next weekend at my church, and I would love for you to join us. It'll be a good time. So come and worship with us next week, and then join us uh, for the picnic. It'll be fun. We want to give generously, and I thank you all for the ways in which you give. Many of you give on a regular basis and that is a sign of your trust and your faithfulness to God. And that's exactly why uh, we, 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 we give. I remember Pastor Paul, who was the pastor here before me, uh, saying, you know, God does not need you to give. You need to give to God as part of your faith activity. And we have some scriptures that we read uh, every week just to inspire us and to instruct us in that. So let's read one of these scriptures Uh, together today. Would you read this with me as it shows up on the screen when we get it there? There. Well, let's see. I can see it on the back. Here it is. Let's read this together. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I am commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Of course, now we know that Jesus has opened up the grace of God and the work of His people to all people, not just the Israelites. That's partly why you and I are here today. Most of us wouldn't be here. I'm not a Jew. Uh, I'm not an Israelite. Uh, and many of us are not. But, gee, God's grace comes to us all. And so do His instructions to care for one another. Let's stand together as, as we continue to worship and sing. And let me offer this prayer to get us back into uh, into that worshipful mode. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you are here with us right now. And that you are here with us every moment of our days, we don't walk in here into your presence because this in these walls is the only place where you are. and when we leave this place, you don't you don't get scrubbed off our shoulders as we walk through the doors and stay in this place. You go with us because you reside in our hearts because of Jesus Christ. And we give You thanks. So God, as we sing to You this morning, as we think about You, come, strengthen us, heal us, equip us to be the people that You call us to be. We're so grateful. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Amen. God, we thank You. Thank you, Lord, for your provision for us. Honey in the rock, water in the
2: stone, man on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry that I know everything I need, you got. Sunny in the to see only you can satisfy There's honey in the rock There's honey in the rock this honey in the rock There's honey in the
1: We trust in you. We trust in you. We just sang it last week. We trust in God, our Savior, the one who will never fail. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and rest on us today. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. In part of that chorus, we sing, "Come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound when you fill the room." And I guarantee you that there's somebody here saying this morning, "I hear what you're saying, but I don't feel it." The next part of that chorus it says, "You're here, speaking of the Holy Spirit, and I know you are moving. I'm here." And I know you will fill me. doesn't matter what the feeling is. yeah, that's that, it's great when the Holy Spirit comes and we feel that feeling. But when the Holy Spirit comes and we don't feel that feeling feeling he's still he's still here with us. So whether we feel it or not, God has promised to come and be with us by the power of His Holy Spirit, and that folks, is the way that we live our lives, and the way that we act out the part that God has for us in the kingdom. Whether we feel it or not, if you sense a calling to something, that God is calling you to do something in the kingdom, then that should be our response. And the filling of the Holy Spirit is how we accomplish that. Over the last couple of weeks, we began as a church to learn a new song about some of the covenant names of Jehovah. Jehovah Nissi. Fights our battles, Jehovah Jireh meets our needs, Jehovah Rapha heals our bodies, Jehovah Shalom, He is our peace. And we sing often the words Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. And the song we're going to worship with in just a moment talks about Him as a wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You want to know who God is? Investigate His names. Because His names mean something to us in our everyday life. Not just words on a page in a Bible. But they mean something to us in terms of the strength that He gives us to live. And so He gives us His names. And in those names are power and strength and wisdom and guidance and mercy and peace and everlasting life. (laughs)
2: mm <laughs>
3: Father, we are grateful. Lord, we sing that song. The government is resting on your shoulders, and it comes directly from your Scriptures. The book of Isaiah said, "For unto us a child is born, and on his shoulders rests the government." Lord, that's not an affirmation of of the a particular government of any nation on this world. Your scripture does not capitalize the word government. It's not referring to a specific political group or organization or a person, a king or a dictator. Lord, it tells us that the control, the, 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 the rulership of this world is your responsibility. And, and we can trust in You. It rests on Your shoulders. And God, we look at our world today and we see so many problems and we wonder, God, where are You? What are You doing? But in this moment, God, we're able to say we trust in You. We trust that child that You sent to us, Jesus, and on Him, rests the responsibility of this world. And God, you, you, you call us to follow You and we thank You for that. Uh, we need Your leadership in our lives and in our world. So we come this morning to praise You and to lift You up and to proclaim the One on whom You have placed all this authority. We pray God for the day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And we thank you, Jesus. I want to invite April to come and and as we offer a blessing to our children, so I invite the children to come forward as as they go to their rooms with April. Let's just let's just give them a blessing. Father, for unto us a child is born, we, we worship the, the child Jesus, and we know, God, that you have called these young ones also to follow you, and we pray for them that they may be a, a blessing to others because you are blessing them with your presence. Cause them, God, to grow in knowledge and wisdom of you and in favor and, and in stature amen, amen, among others and with you. We thank you, Jesus, for them. Bless them. Continue to be with us as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Are you getting a sense of what God is calling you to do in his kingdom, acting out? Are you getting a sense of of the abilities that God has given you? you? Are you asking God, okay, God, today, how do you want to use me as part of your kingdom? I hope so. I hope you're asking those questions. And as we've gone through this series... That certainly has been the entire theme of this whole series, and I know it's been a long series and usually series go for a short time, but we're just walking through the book of Acts and seeing the many ways that God uses all kinds of people to do the work that God wants us to do. What is that work? To proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. To call people to enter into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. Why? Because through Christ we find life. Through Jesus Christ we experience forgiveness of our sins. And all of us have turned away from God. All of us have sinned and fallen away from the way that God wants for us to live our lives. I suspect everybody here today and those of you watching online, you have, you're have you here in part because you have a sense in which you recognize that in your life. And you're desiring to follow the way of Jesus. So let's look once again at at a couple. A husband and wife who have committed themselves to follow Jesus. And let's learn about them. Their names are Priscilla and Aquila. And we find their story a couple places in the New Testament, but primarily we're going to look at the book of Acts, chapter 18. And on the screen we've got chapter 18, verses 24 through 26, but I'm going to start with verses 22. So just leave this up there, Andy, while we will get to it in just a minute, but don't take it down. And so Acts, chapter 18, verse 1, says this. It says, Paul left the city of Athens to the city of Corinth. Now, Get in your minds, this is one of the things as we read scripture throughout these things, I want us to get in our minds where these places are and who these people are and, and imagine, and it's okay to use your imagination in worship. I think that's, that's important to think about and put yourself in these places with these people. So, where is the city of Athens? In what country? Where is the city of Corinth? In what country? also Greece. So we're in we're in Greece. You're in that part of the world, a uh, country uh, north of the Mediterranean Sea today. And there Paul became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila who was born in Pontus. Now Pontus is a city in Italy, another country. Who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They're traveling. Why did they leave Italy? They left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. They, they were pushed out of the country. I mean, we, we, immigration is one of the big issues of America right now. I'm not going to make a political statement about immigration. I'm just making, bringing it to the context because we can understand what it's like for people to go from one country to another, and, and they're either shoved out of one country for whatever reason, and they're trying to get into another country. We can relate to the experience of people like this, of Priscilla and Aquila. They left because they were pushed out, they were deported, as all the Jews were in Rome. And so let me give you a little historical context. What was happening most likely, scholars say, is that as the Christian movement spread around the Mediterranean Sea, there was conflict, as we have seen in the book of Acts, conflict between the Jews who who trusted that Jesus was the Messiah. They became followers of Christ and the Jews who rejected Jesus. There was conflict between those two groups. To Claudius... It didn't matter if they were Jewish or Christian. They were all Jewish. And it was the Jewish, this, this Jewish religion and the sect of Judaism that he thought of as Christianity that was causing this trouble. So he says, you guys keep bickering with each other. Just get out of my town. I don't want anything to do with you. You're disrupting the peace of my nation. Go someplace else. And so they left Italy because of that. Well, they go to Corinth and Paul meets them. And and verse 3 says, Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers, just as he was. Now, I grew up in Binghamton, New York, and in Binghamton, New York, um, there's a, uh, uh, I forgot the name of it. There was a tent factory that that began making uh, tents probably before World War II. But in World War II, they got a big contract to, to make, uh, oh, I know, Eureka Tents. You ever heard of Eureka Tents? Of course, you've probably heard of Eureka Tents. Uh, it's one of the good, good quality tent makers. And so I was born in the, the city where they were, and I loved going to, the, going to the outlet store and trying to get a good deal on a Eureka Tent. Paul was a tent maker. We're not talking about pup tents that Paul was making. We're not talking uh, about tents that they used on vacation. We're talking about tents that people would live in on a permanent basis uh, for, for Paul, what they were doing. And so this is the way Paul was manufacturing tents. Priscilla and Aquila were skilled in manufacturing tents. This was their business. It's what they did. Many of us have businesses. We have to find a way to make a living. And that's what they did. Okay, we're going to jump now to verse 24 uh, in chapter 18. So while they're living there, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the Scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus. Now here's a new city, Athens, Athens. Corinth and Ephesus, Paul's traveling around, and now he and uh, and Priscilla and Aquila have traveled to the city of Ephesus. And they met this man named Apollos, who arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. Now, what do you know about Alexandria, Egypt? I don't know, this is a history lesson. Alexandria, Egypt was founded by uh, Alexander the Great, Alexandria, Egypt, became a a center of culture, a center of learning. And Alexandria was was an important museum, a historical museum, along with uh, a huge uh, library of classics. Uh, They gathered together. So Alexandria was a, a place of university status. We can look at it like that. Newark. University of Delaware. University status. So, uh, Apollos was an eloquent superior. He was probably probably uh, well-educated, well-trained, capable of communicating to others. He comes to Ephesus. He had been taught the way of the Lord, the way of God. He had learned about Jesus. And he taught others about Jesus in an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. That's Apollos. However, he knew only about John's baptism. Wait a minute. He 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 tells them about Jesus, so he knows about Jesus, but he, he only knows about John's baptism. So what do you think he might not know about Jesus? I suspect that he might not know that Jesus is dead, or had been crucified, or had risen, but he knew about Jesus. You know, News doesn't travel back then like it does today. Instantly, you take a picture on your phone and you put it on the Internet and it can go around the world. (laughs) But it takes time for the news to get to Apollos about Jesus. So he met Paul. And and another thing we need to put in here is is some time frame. So let's talk about the, the events in the book of Acts uh, at the beginning of the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes. At the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus has died, Jesus has resurrected, and in a, in a matter of uh, fifty days from his resurrection to Jesus going to heaven in forty days, and then ten days after that, fifty days after his resurrection, the Holy Spirit comes down upon the people of God. Fifty days, not even two months, and then and then. Everything breaks out. Persecution begins to come. Stephen is killed. Philip goes down here. And, and all these things that we've read about are happening. Probably not even a year has passed, or maybe a little more than a year has passed, before Apollos meets Paul and Aquiles and, and Priscilla. Not a lot of time. So, Apollos had heard about Jesus, but he didn't know the whole story. And he was accurately teaching some of the teachings of Jesus because he knew about Jesus, but he had only heard about John's baptism. And, and now Priscilla and Aquila hear him preaching boldly in the synagogue, and they take Apollos aside in order to explain the way of God even more accurately, says verse 26. They explained the way of God even more accurately. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you have had to make a presentation about something. And uh, so you're presenting something that you learned about and you have good information about it and accurate information about it and you're finished making your presentation and someone comes up to you after that and says, well, let, 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 let me tell you this about that. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what, what, who do you think you are? That's not, uh, I mean, Priscilla and Aquila aren't coming to judge Apollos. They're coming because they have new information about, about Jesus that Apollos doesn't yet know. Well, i to let's jump to another scripture from another book in the Bible, Romans chapter sixteen verses thirty three through five. And, and again, Paul is writing now paul is it's it's later. Paul has been in prison someplace, and he's writing a letter. It's the book of Romans. And in Romans chapter sixteen, he's giving he's he's asking to he says, give my greetings." to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Jesus Christ. In fact, they once risked their lives... For me. And if you read if you read more about Priscilla and Aquila, you'll see that they were they were cast out of a city, they were stoned together, they were put in prison together, they they worked together making these tents. They tried to sell them, they tried to, to, to make a business with it and support themselves as they proclaimed the work of Jesus Christ, but they stuck together. They're good friends. They're loyal friends. They're working together. These these people in the kingdom of God. And Paul says in verse 4, I am thankful for them. And so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Priscilla and Aquila, let's just review a little bit. Tent makers, they have fled Italy because of persecution from Claudius, the emperor of, uh, of Italy. Likely caused be- because of conflict between the Jews and the Christians. Now, here's a normal couple operating our business. The task of telling others of Jesus Christ is is everybody's who has faith in Jesus. It doesn't matter. The task of evangelism is for us all. Wherever we are, in whatever job we have, Jesus is good news in the tent shop. Jesus is good news in the shoe shop. Jesus is good news in the classroom or in the operating room or in the banker's office and on every street corner wherever you go. Jesus is good news and it is your job to tell others the good news of Jesus. Several weeks ago, perhaps, I don't remember how many weeks ago, I asked you this question. What about Jesus is good news to you? And it's important for you to have an answer to that question. Because somebody may say to you, you go to church, right? Yeah, I go to church. Why? Why bother? The church is full of hypocrites. The church is full of people who say one thing and do another. And you can agree to that. Don't fight that. Because it's absolutely true. And I'm not saying that to criticize anybody. I'm saying that to confess my own hypocrisy. <laughs> and say, one of the reasons I come to church is because I need forgiveness and I need God's help to not be a hypocrite. And yes, the church is full of hypocrites. Lord, help us. This is the place. We're all in the same boat. We say one thing, we do another. <laughs> we, try to, we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it. Lord, help us. We're all in the same boat. Um, I'm, I'm trying to make a decision in my mind. We had a new person come to church last night. And the person said to me after church, something identifying themselves. And, said, and after they said that, they said, I know probably God doesn't like that. And I stopped them right there. And I said, we are not here to judge you. We're here to love you. So welcome, and we're glad you're here. Come and worship us. The church is full of all kinds of people. Our job is not to judge them. Our job is to proclaim Christ to them, that they may experience the life-changing love of Jesus. I don't know how God is going to change people's lives. I know that God desires to change people's lives. And I know that God can. It was, a, it, was a, it was a test, I think, for us last night. Are you willing to love even me? Yes. We must be committed to doing that. Paul and Silas. Paul meets Apollos. No, yeah. Priscilla and Aquila. They're committed to share Christ together however they can. It is the job of all of us to do that. The Bible said that Apollos didn't know the whole story of Jesus. Let's break that down a little bit. What about Jesus did Apollos tell others? And what about him did he not know? A little bit of speculation here. But it's clear to me that that this scripture is a little bit confusing because it it says that he teaches accurately the way of the Lord. So he knew something accurately about following Jesus. But in those days, if you had a a, a rabbi, if you had a teacher, you you would follow the, the ways of that teacher. And Jesus was certainly known as as a rabbi, as there were many different rabbis at the time of Jesus. And all of them had their students who were following them, who were seeking to to emulate and seeking to do as their teacher would instruct them. And so Apollos was a a disciple of Jesus, teaching the way as he knew it. But he didn't know the whole story. So let's think about the things that, that they might have uh, added to what they said. And it says, and so they talked about the life of Jesus. I'm sure they told him about, told Apollos about the death of Jesus. I'm sure they told him about the resurrection of Jesus. So, so Priscilla and Aquila were probably excited to say, let me finish the story. Did you know? And Apollos was already enthusiastic about, uh, about telling others about Jesus. Here's this man. He does these miracles. He healed him. I saw him. I saw these things happen within him. And, and we can follow him. And maybe Apollos was even teaching and healing others in the name of Jesus while Jesus was still alive. And so Priscilla and Aquila come and say, oh, that was great, Apollos. It was wonderful. You're you're teaching the right thing of Jesus. But did you know that He died? Paul says, no, I didn't know that. Well, how did He die? Well, the Jews crucified Him. He went, they put him on trial, and they told him about Pilate in the night, and, and and told him about Peter betraying him, and they told him about about the apostles being fearful and scattering, and they told him about the Roman soldiers piercing his side. They told him about he died. They told him about Mary held her held him in her arms, and 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 they borrowed a tomb to put him in. And they told, they, they told Apollos about three days after that, after the disciples had been mourning for three days, Mary went to the tomb and, and it was opened. They didn't know who opened it. Mary walked in and there was an angel sitting there. <laughs> and the angel said, he's not here. He's alive. Apollos says, what? <laughs> what do you mean he's alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw him. We, we saw the, the holes in his hand we, we saw the, oh, the hole in his side. Thomas was there and he doubted and and, and and Thomas and Jesus said, "Put your hand in my side and Thomas did. it's Jesus. there can't be anybody else.
0: Paulus is like,
3: "Wow, Jesus is alive and I can tell this story to others and, Apollos, and Priscilla and Paul goes, "Wait wait, 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 there's more." <laughs> And at it, and it, 40 days after Jesus resurrected, He walked around and He met with people and He did more miracles and He talked to us. And then 40 days after that, He was on and, and He had just uh, went up into heaven. And the disciples didn't know what to do. So so, so Jesus' last words were, were to them were, wait until the Holy Spirit tells you what to do next. And so they were huddled together in a, In in an upper room in one of their houses, praying, asking God what comes next. And he said, and then all of a sudden, everybody heard this noise like a tornado coming through. We had a big gust of wind come by our house the other night. Knocking chairs over and shaking the house. Some of us lived through tornadoes a few years ago. And just recently up in Hocassan area. Houses destroyed because of strong wind. They sat there and they heard the sound like the mighty rushing wind. And they looked at each other. What is that noise? And there was like a tongue of fire above everybody's head. A what? Yeah, fire came down and rested upon their heads. And and they started speaking about Jesus And they couldn't help themselves. They weren't content just staying in the room talking about Jesus. So they went out into Jerusalem and it was Passover time and there were people from all kinds of nations and they were talking about Jesus. And the funniest thing was that people from different nations were hearing about Jesus in their own language. And the disciples were speaking their own language. How does that happen? It's because Jesus has given the Holy Spirit that has instructed them. The Holy what? The Holy Spirit, they say to Apollos. What do you mean? Yeah, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I only know about John's baptism. But now you're telling me that God has, has poured out His Spirit upon us. Wait a minute, Apollos says. That sounds a little bit familiar. That sounds like something that came from the Old Testament. So let me read for you some of these scriptures about the Holy Spirit that Apollos, especially the first two, Apollos would have known. This first one comes from the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 26, verses 36, verses 28 and 28, in which God says through the prophet, speaking to his people, of course, in the Old Testament, now the word is coming to the Israelites. It's that God says, and I will give you a new heart. I will put in you a new spirit. Look at this. A stubborn heart. Now I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. <laughs> and give you a tender, responsive heart. Have you ever had a stony, stubborn heart? If you're married and you say no, ask your spouse to answer the question. Because as I say those words, I'm thinking of those times when I have done something to Carolyn or done something to my children that that has upset everybody. (laughs) Or or I'm, I'm just. I've just demanded something or something didn't go my way. And, and Carolyn says to me, would you just relax? I, no, I'm not going to relax till this is done. That is, a, that, that is a stubborn, stony heart. I am not responsive. I am not sensitive to the things of people around me. It is what I want and I want it right now. And I am not going to change my mind until I get it. That's a stubborn stony heart, takes me, do I dare put a time limit on this? (laughs) Some time to settle down. i got to get to a place where I can just calm down and think again about my relationships with my wife, my relationships with my children, and ask myself the question, is the outcome of what just happened the way I really want to live my life? God says, I will put within you a new spirit. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and replace it with a responsive, tender heart. Now, let me be clear. That does not mean it's a weak heart. It does not mean it's a wimpy heart. It means it's a sensitive heart. Sensitive to what? Sensitive especially to the ways of God. And if we are sensitive to the ways of God in our life, we're going to be sensitive to the people around us. And we're going to be able to accomplish things that with a with a sensitive, tender heart that we could not accomplish with a stony, stubborn heart. Do you need a a heart change? Literally a heart transplant? This is what the Holy Spirit does in us. Apollos heard those words that heard the coming of the Holy Spirit and I'm sure Apollos remembered the words of the prophet Ezekiel. Why do I why am I so sure? Because he came from Alexandria and he was learned. And he would have known these things. There's another scripture from the Old Testament that I'm pretty sure Apollos was aware of. And this comes from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. And again, Joel was another prophet sent by God to the people of Israel to speak for God. And Joel says then, after doing these things... God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Upon all servants. Where'd it go? It disappeared. Twenty-eight through thirty-two. <laughs> Twenty eight. I don't have the whole thing on my is 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 twenty verse twenty nine there? No? Just twenty-eight. Okay. About all 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 people. God will pour out his spirit upon all people. Now we're going to jump to the New Testament. John, the chapter the book of John. And now Jesus is teaching about the Holy Spirit himself. And Jesus says in chapter 14, verse 26, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So the Holy Spirit in our lives teaches us what Jesus also teaches us and reminds us of these things. I love the word Advocate. It's, 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 a, it's a legal term. Somebody going to court for you. I've been in court with other people. They need an advocate. <laughs> people who go into court without an advocate are typically sunk. It's not going to turn out the way they want it to turn out. We need somebody who has some expertise, somebody who has some skill, somebody who has some, some, some ways of getting around the law and explaining things and speaking to the advocate on the other side. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is that advocate for you in this world. John 16, verse 13 says, When the, when the Spirit of truth comes... Okay, what's the Holy Spirit? Spirit of truth. You ever wonder what is truth? What's right and wrong? Ask the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. Along, All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I give the Holy Spirit to you. And in John chapter 20, verse 22, we read these words. Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I think the key word here is receive. We must be receptive. The Holy Spirit is right here, right now. We need to be willing to to take this. Receive it. Soften our stony, stubborn heart and say, God, I need you in my life. Holy Spirit, come, teach me the ways of Jesus. Desire. Receive the Holy Spirit. This this phrase, He breathed on them. Have you ever had anybody breathe on you? Got I, brother and sister looking at each other right over here. You're too close to me, don't breathe on me, husbands and wives, sleeping in the bed together. Some roll the guy rolls over, snoring at night. And you're breathing on me. Get away from me, you're breathing on me. <laughs> You're on a subway or a bus or, or, or a very crowded elevator and you're smelling the breath of somebody beside you. You're like, oh, OK, come on, let's get out of this. Get this elevator where it needs to be. Get out of this it's kind of gross. Jesus breathed on them. I was in a class with one of my professors. He was talking about this this passage and he asked the students in the class, does anybody understand what that looks like? Because in our culture, it's just a creepy image. Jesus breathed on them. There was a student from uh, uh, Eastern, uh, an Eastern European country, somewhere around Turkey. uh, 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 I don't know the the, the names of those countries nowadays have uh, uh, have changed so many times that I don't. You know, I think Czechoslovakia, but that's no longer uh, Romania, um, Bulgaria. That that part of the world, Eastern. Uh, the continent of, of, of Asia Minor, I guess, part of Asia over here, and Eastern mindset, Eastern European, different way of living. That student raised his hands and said, "I think I do." Because in our family, we have a family tradition in my culture, and it's well known in my culture that when we have big important. Family gatherings, a holiday, Easter, whatever the holiday might be, or the celebration. At some point during that celebration, the family will gather together in a huddle. In the middle of the huddle, we'll put the youngest family members. And as you go out, there are rings of uh, uh, elders. And after we all get in this very tight huddle together, the oldest man in the family will walk around the family And breathe on them. And it looks like this. Now, that's what it looks like. But what does that mean? I suspect that you can think about and you can get some idea about what that means. He's breathing life from the past generations upon the current and younger generations. Passing on life through breath. And God does the same thing to us with the Holy Spirit. Breathes on us life, generation after generation. I suspect that these images are coming into Apollos' mind about the teachings, the more accurate teachings... Of Jesus. And finally, 1 Corinthians, we read chapter 12, verse 13. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free, but we have all been baptized into one body, uh, one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Apollos knew only about the baptism of John. Now he knows the life of Jesus and of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We come to Christ. When we come to faith in Christ, we do so because the Holy Spirit is already working in our lives. And The Holy Spirit is here right now. The Holy Spirit is with you. The question is, are you receiving the Holy Spirit? Are you opening? Is your heart softened? So my question to you this morning and my invitation to you is, come to Christ. Open yourself to the presence of God's Holy Spirit, who is already already here. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let Him take out your your stony, cold, stubborn heart and replace it with a tender, responsive heart, both to God and to others. The other thing that I take from this whole story about Apollos and or Priscilla and Aquila. And they risked their lives to work with Paul, to follow Jesus, literally. Following Jesus is worth the risk, especially in our world today, even in our world today. Take the risk. Follow Jesus. Receive his new life in Christ. One day God's going to create a new world. (laughs) We worry about climate change today. It's not the greatest of worries. greatest of worries is when God recreates all things. Will we be with Him for eternity in that new creation that He has for us? Follow Jesus Christ. Come to Him. Confess your sins before Him. Say, I trust in you, Jesus come and follow me. Maybe you've been a follower for a long time, but something's happened in your life and you realize my heart has been hard, stony, cold, stubborn. Or give me a new heart. Maybe, you, maybe maybe, the Holy Spirit is 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 recalling to you a relationship that needs to be reconciled in, in your life and, and you need to say, God, I don't know how to reconcile this relationship, but I know that if it happens, I need to be more sensitive. I need to have a responsive heart. I, want to, I need to be in this relationship the way you want me to be in this relationship. I confess it, God. Help me. Change my heart. Be with me. I don't know what your prayer is going to be this morning, but I invite you to pray and talk to God as someone who is responding to the Holy Spirit who is here. Let's stand together as we sing and as we pray together. I invite you, if you want to come here to the platform area and kneel and pray, you may do so. If you want to pray with somebody, ask somebody simply to pray with you about a situation in particular, or perhaps you don't want to tell them the details, you just said, just offer a prayer for me. They'll be glad to do that. But let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, You're gracious to us. You're merciful to us. You're kind to us. We thank You for Jesus Christ whose death on the cross forgives all of us all of our sin. And you did not abandon us to just go on living life, but you sent your Holy Spirit to live with us, to teach us, to guide us, to transform our lives. So God, come now as we continue to sing, as we pray. Renew our spirits. Give us the visions for our lives that we need to have. Help us to dedicate ourselves, whatever our business is, to serve you through it. And in so doing, we will play our part in the kingdom of God. For Jesus' sake.
2: every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God.
1: I will sing of the goodness of God. We sang just a minute ago. Your goodness is running after me. And then after that, we made a declaration. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. And as we have these last 14 weeks been talking about how to act out the part that God has given us to play in his kingdom... I think that's a very fitting declaration for us to make today. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Holy Spirit, help us as we make that declaration. Not only in this room with the strength of other believers standing around us or, or watching online, but God, on Tuesday afternoon, we're at work or at school and things get tough. For us to make that declaration. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Teach us, God. Direct us. Order our steps, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. If you still need prayer, the altar is still open. There are still folks at the prayer station online. You can still meet with some folks to pray for a few more minutes. God bless you. Have a great week.